In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I like that song for starting out a day when we're thinking about Francis because, you know, it is from the gospel and it is about letting your light shine, which we're all supposed to do. But when we think about Francis, we think about a figure in history who has an influence all through the ages and to today. So the particular light of Christ that he reflected, he let it shine incredibly well. I mean, he was a figure, almost a rock star, uh, from the very beginning. And there was something about the way he chose unusual ways of pointing to God in the world that people were just attracted to. And it was very counterintuitive because the things that Francis of Assisi looked at and emphasized were the kinds of things that people typically walked away from and said, I want no part of that. But there was something about the charisma of his person, the uniqueness of his character that had people looking freshly at things they would normally reject and instead felt a kind of attraction to it. Now, this was amazing because, you see, God can get us to see in brand new ways if we just take a look and expect to find what God has in mind for us to see just right there. Let's look at a few examples of this. One of the ways is certainly the way that Francis saw the uniqueness of everything and yet the unity of everything at the same time. When uh, he looked out in nature, he did like the psalmist did, the psalm that we read today. He saw each amazing aspect of the created order as something that really nearly incarnated the wonder of God. He saw at any creature of God, saw within it the creator of that thing. So what, what is in there is the fact that he saw how particularized each thing was and how unique in its own way and yet how it all pointed to one glorious reality of being. So everything is united, and everything is its own something. And he certainly saw this uh, for people as well, that there was no one person who was not to be taken seriously, not to be held up as a reflector of the light of Christ. Francis was one who saw the simple wonder of each and every thing. There's no place that you can look where you don't see Christ. Now, this was true of Scripture. He uh, articulated Scripture in the usual way and in very unusual ways. 
the usual place where you would look to the story of God's salvation for humanity is in the cross, in the suffering of Christ and in the resurrection. So if you look at the whole of Jesus' life, the eyes go straight for that time where he suffered and died. Of course, that's where our eyes truly should be, upon the cross, of course. But Francis looked with just as much awe to the birth of Christ, to the manger, to the beasts around the manger, and to all the many different kinds of people that were attracted to that crib. And it comes alive for Francis, and he wants to bring it to life in his own community. So he's the first one we know of that started gathering people for pageants, that started staging ways of looking at Jesus. He's the originator, really, of the crush. If you have a crush that you put out at Christmas time, really, the, the beauty of that and the way that that delights you goes all the way back to how Francis wanted to say, no matter where you look in the story of Jesus, what you're going to find there is God and man made manifest in Christ. And that very union of the human and the divine is, in fact, a saving reality. Now, there's not a single place in the Gospels that you can point where you do not see the whole story of God's love in Christ coming into your own experience. And the same thing is true of each of you. You have your own particularity. You're not really like each other. Now, I know DNA-wise, you're probably completely like each other, except for one little bit of messaging. But we think of ourselves as very particularly and differently gifted. And Francis would be one who would look to each one of you and having learned from Jesus would see in you something wondrous and unique. And in your uniqueness, pointing to the one and absolutely unified glory of God. You know, one way of looking at the Christian life is for you to be as authentically who you are as Jesus of Nazareth was who Jesus was. And in your own authentic living, you would be pointing to the glory of God. There's no place in creation where he would look, Francis, would look and not see the Creator coming through. You could look up at the stars and you could see the Pleiades and Orion, and there you would see the glory of God. You could look down and see the moss growing on the creek side and feel the texture of that green velvet and there you would see God as well. You could just watch a bird pecking away at the dirt and finding 
sustenance, seeds right there. And you would see something of the glory of God. There was no place he looked that he did not see God. And he certainly did this all around. He wasn't only one to flee the world, but he wanted to get involved in the world. I guess if, if Francis had had an agent, they would have steered him in another direction. He could sing, he could play the stringed instruments, and the culture of his day was to be a romantic and to court others and to attract and to be a poet and to be, you know, noticeable. But his songs were about God. His songs were about courting a figurative lady, a lady that he called Lady Poverty. And he sought Lady Poverty every place he went. When he looked at the little colony of lepers that were ostracized because they were so feared, he saw a poverty of health and he wanted to be close to his lady. He saw a poverty of human touch and attention, and he wanted to be with their poverty in that as well. He went to them to give his presence to them, to embrace, to touch, to kiss. He saw the wonder of God in these unique creatures of God. So we do see the counterintuitive. We could say that Francis was unusual. Whatever the usual thing to do was, he was doing something unusual. Not hating the world like some religious orders almost came to behave, but loving the world and seeing it as a reflection of the Creator. Francis was one, like we all should be, that loved the world to the extent of wanting to protect it, that loved other people wanting to protect them. He did everything with a flair, but it was a flair that brought glory to God. I'll finish with a with an example of how sometimes uh, the very special can come out of something extremely ordinary and surprise you. I was uh, thinking I should start reading my daily prayers out of a different Bible uh, to freshen things up a bit. So I grabbed a, a Bible off of my shelf, and so far, even as I say the words, it's sounding very boring. Let's get another Bible to say my prayers. But I grabbed a Bible, and it became a delight to me because I looked inside and remembered that my oldest brother had given me this Bible at Christmas in 1972 when this version of the Bible was brand new. And then... I've always loved this cover because it was given to me by a close friend in high school, and we just took that Bible, and my friend had it wrapped in nice leather with a nice buckle on the front, and I saw that it was given to me 
1974 on my birthday. And as I leafed through and got my uh, places uh, marked up uh, for the reading of prayers, I noticed that there was a little extra slip of paper in here, just an ordinary slip of paper. And uh, the more I looked at it, I thought, oh, well, this is something that uh, my daughter, my firstborn, Emily, made. You know how when you go to open house at school and the teacher forced them to say something nice on paper? <laughs> well, I decided to take, to take this as, the, as something very genuine. It has a very crude heart on one side, and it, inside the heart it's written, For Dad. And then inside uh, it says, Dear Dad, thank you for all the hugs and kisses. You always make me feel special. Spelled, how else would you spell it? S-P-E-S-H-L. I'm glad you're my dad. So you see what happens. You start looking around, and at any given moment, something can just kind of come to life for you. So look for those things. We have an incredibly unique parish. And like other parishes, we point to God. We're like them all in that way. But in this parish, we, like Francis, want to live the gospel. We don't want to only talk the gospel. We want to live it. And that's why we do the kinds of things we do in this church. I guess I want to be more unusual like Francis is, but I am unusual in this way. When I see something like the uh, capital campaign coming around, and very most assuredly, like the commitment campaign that we've just launched, for some reason I get very excited. I've always loved the chance tangibly to get behind a community that loves God. And when I fill out a commitment card with Jennifer, I think of it as a spiritual exercise that put, puts us in a place where our faith can deepen and expand. It really is that. It is that for all of us. And there's, uh, here's a little secret that I've learned through the, through the decades. When people are trying to do something like build, and they want everyone to start pulling in the same direction, and then they launch the commitment campaign for general operating, they both do well. And so I'm excited for the chance to give in both directions. I, and one kind of giving is going to promote the other kind. It's really impressive to be with the likes of you all that love God, that love your neighbor, and that want to reflect the good news of Jesus Christ in your lives and encourage one another 
in doing the same. So I look forward to the results of how our general operating budget makes it and has us continuing in an aggressive way to be people of joy, to be people promoting peace and health and fervor for our Lord and God. Amen.